Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Colony Drop, a Gundam podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Isaac. This is your favorite Gundam podcast where we talk about everything from Gundam series and movies to music, Gunpla, lore, and of course, random ideas that we know are rattling around inside the heads of every Gundam fan. Isn't that right, Brian? That's right, Isaac. And today we have a pretty cool topic, I think. Oh, do we? What's today's topic? (laughs) (laughs) Today's topic is what if there was a Gundam hotel in the style of the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser at Disney World? Wow. (laughs) This is such a brilliant jumping off point. I mean, if anybody who's anybody should know by now that Disney has released, dare I say, an experimental live action experience (laughs) it's hotel larp (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you don't know what this is the star wars galactic battle cruiser which we're probably just going to call the star wars hotel because that's a long name yeah it's a two-night stay on what is essentially a star wars themed stationary cruise ship with interactive plot lines and dinner adventure slash theater slash game slash larp like you said If you've been paying attention to YouTube, there's a bunch of reviews about it coming out. Some people really enjoyed it. Some people kind of had a mixed experience and all that. So Brian and I got to thinking, being the Disney kids that we are, slash anime fans, (laughs) what would it be like if at Gundam Land, if there was a blank check given to a development team that said, look, Disney made something that's really unparalleled in the world this whole experience that you get for two nights a two night stay you get to meet a bunch of characters go on adventures and stuff like that all in this hotel that you're fantasizing and playing as flying through space let's gundam it let's make it for gundam land brian how did you approach this idea for the gundam hotel well, so what I did, Isaac, was I went and watched... There was this channel, I think it's called Ordinary Adventures on YouTube. Ah, uh, yes. They had multiple videos, multiple hours of videos running down the entire Star Wars hotel experience. I watched those to just kind of get a sense of what is possible kind of at this price point, at, at this luxury price point. I guess we should say, Isaac, if you don't know, this hotel costs about if anywhere between five to six grand for a two-night stay. That's pretty much your starting point. And it only gets more right. expensive from there. We should say not per person. I mean, sure, that, that's like for like a small group of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whoever fits in your room. Right. So we're talking luxury experience here, people. The sky is the limit in terms of price point to experience that you know where you're gonna demand a pretty good experience here yeah <laughs> i'm not sure people that went on it would agree uh that's what they got but <laughs> at gundam land at, Su- at sunset studios our plan is to make sure that everybody walks away smiling so brian <laughs> having seen the star wars hotel experience through ordinary adventures um who i also watched but i also watched this guy called Vito, who does a much more um Let's say comedic take on things that happen. (laughs) He kind of rips them, but he's pretty great. How did you approach designing what would actually be in a Gundam hotel? Like the setting and things like that, the the jumping off point? Yeah, so I, I broke it down into scenery, plot lines, activities and attractions, and basically like characters. So how should we go about this, Brian? Should we should you just start and you go down um, your plan, your presentation for Sunset for the Gundam <laughs> Hotel? Sure, absolutely. I also, by the way, because you know, oh. listeners, that I like the scientific approach, I asked my sample size of one of my wife what she would want from a Gundam <laughs> Hotel. 
what she would want in an anime live action theater hotel. Because <laughs> uh, I got her to start watching the original series, so she has a little bit of an idea of what the hell Gundam is now. Uh, so it's just, she only had two responses, Isaac. She said she wanted room service with beep, beep, boop, boops, which I guess means robotic. <laughs> Uh, with with Betty Boop? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And then in addition to that, she said she wanted to be taken to her room in a creative way. And so I, to her, I proposed <laughs> then that they institute the uh, the anti-gravity, you know, handrail systems, you know, where oh. they grab on. Yeah, I think that'd be super cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Super expensive, obviously. Yeah, I thought, I thought you meant the, like... <laughs> She wanted jackbooted space fascists to escort her to her room and then, like, tell her, you dare not leave your room under pain of death. <laughs> no, I don't think she's into that kind of thing, but no. I'm sure there's a market out there for that. <laughs> All right, so let's start with scenery, Isaac. And I guess I should say before we start, we're not going to spoil the whole Star Wars hotel experience, but there's a there's a high <laughs> chance that we will spoil a fairly decent or some main parts yeah. of it. So if you're holding out and you're going to drop your six grand to go stay there, just be warned there may be a few spoilers here. Yeah. Uh, with that in mind, Isaac, in the Star Wars version, you know, it is this hotel ship. You're sorted into these four different paths i believe it's what rebel jedi uh empire and civilian i think it's the fourth one i think it's resistance oh first order smuggler that's right smuggler not civilian i think that's it no jedi was one as well oh i figured that would just overlap with resistance since they're obviously working hand in hand the the one jedi (laughs) left (laughs) Um, so in, in ours, I was thinking, I guess we are going to be a neutral side six hotel ship. Ooh, and okay. And we are going to be run by the Butch Concern, Isaac. It's oh operated by the Butch Concern. God. I love that little that little addition. The tie in the lore end. Look, Butch Concern, back in the one-year war area, they were still around. Of course they were, right? Yeah, they were building mm. up that war chest, Isaac. Meitzer was, I don't know, 40 or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a young man. He comes out on the on the dance floor. You can dance with Meitzer Rona. <laughs> he talks to you about some weird ideas, though, about aristocracy. <laughs> but, I mean, he's a nice guy. Just smile and, like, you know, thank him for the cruise. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to nod your head and carry on. Yeah, it's like, oh, wow, noble, nobility, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the one thing I wasn't really clear on, Isaac, is what this thing should look like. So the Star Wars Hotel, I think there's been some criticism that it doesn't look very Star Wars-y. And it actually, to me, looks more Stargate-y or even Star Trek-y. Do you mean on the inside or the outside? Or yeah, both? sorry, on the inside. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a fair criticism. A, a good analysis I heard is someone called it Space Conflict. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, what is Gundam's aesthetic here? It's very a mix of NASA and the bridge of a military, of a naval vessel. That makes sense. Yeah. It'll have functional keys and stuff like that. I feel like Gundam would feel much more closer to our world, you know, the the controls and all that, than um, I guess kind of Star Wars does. Yeah, it's not like this super future, right? I mean, this is a little bit more grounded. I was thinking of like, remember the shuttle that Hathaway took in... uh, Hathaway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking something like that, I guess. Yeah. A luxury shuttle, because that was maybe the most luxurious travel vessel we've seen in any Gundam series, to my knowledge. Yeah, no, I think that's right. So then we'd, we'd have to pepper that in with the more militaristic stuff of maybe some of the warships here and there, right? Yeah, maybe. The bridge could certainly be much more um, utilitarian compared to, you know, maybe an area where the, the passengers would probably be 
Yeah, and so what about the outside, Isaac? The Galactic Star Cruiser, it looks like a cruise ship on the outside. It just doesn't go anywhere. And it's, it's called the Halcyon. It's original design, although they are using it, I think, in a novel or a comic book or something. But what do you envision this looking like on the outside? Because the inside is kind of, you know, separate, right? On the outside, do you see this looking like a Delos or a Musai, <laughs> a white base? Visually on the outside, I imagined it as somewhat similar to the um, the almost space shuttle looking ships we've seen in the Earth sphere, usually flying people back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. If you remember Quest Pariah and her dad take one like that off Earth. But then I thought to myself, well, they can't really move around that as well believably, and it wouldn't have the dimensions or the space for an actual hotel-sized ship. So this would have to be something more looking like a, a cruise liner for space. Yeah, and then you have to answer the question, like, how much do you want to deal with scale? Because in my plot line, I'm going to involve mobile suits, and there's probably going to be some mobile suits on this thing. So, oh, like, wow. do they fit? You know, that, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's a good question. So you're, you're essentially asking, is this thing big enough that it has a hangar bay for mobile suits? And why yes. w- that, that, of course, prompts the question, why is there a hangar bay for mobile suits on a civilian neutral cruise liner for space? Well, look, Isaac, money talks. If you buy <laughs> into the highest tier, you, could, you too can find out. <laughs> oh, wait, we're talking about side six, which is not really neutral as we find out. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I would sort everyone into four different factions similar to the Star Wars experience. Oh, uh, my factions would be Civilian, Federation, Xeon, or Anaheim. Wow. And then I would make sure that when you start your stay that your room comes stocked with the appropriate uniform for your faction. Wow. So these civ- what these civilians are drafted or they're just sort of gifted a uniform of your chosen faction. Yeah, if you're a civilian, then I guess maybe you don't get a uniform, perhaps. But oh, okay. Interesting. I guess the other scenery thing, I would I would want a lot of ambient Gundam music. Music is one of Gundam's strong suits, and it's very recognizable. So I, I think you got to have a lot of pianos going in common areas, perhaps being played by people dressed as characters from you know either the Universal Century or maybe even other universes. I like that. That's kind of all I had for scenery. I, I focused more on plot and activities. What Did you have anything else on scenery? I just mainly visualized it as sort of a very much a space liner. And by that, I mean the interiors are going to be very comfortable, large panoramic views of space and such. Mm-hmm. I envisioned it leaving from Earth. So these are Earthnoids. You know, you board on Earth, air quotes, <laughs> you go through the whole, you know, embarking procedure and the windows outside change to launching and you get to watch your liner take off on the uh, the mass driver and go into space. From there, you ostensibly think you're on a cruise and you're all civilians. But of course, Brian, there are, there are games afoot because this is during the one year war. Absolutely. So two points there. I did think of the mass driver thing. I think it would be cool if whatever they built was built on a mass driver. Wow. As if you were about to take off. <laughs> to scale? <laughs> well, it wouldn't be a full scale mass driver, but you know what I'm saying, right? It would it'd be like, you know, if you pictured the Star Wars one, it'd be that, but then in, it'd be on the mass driver and there would be oh, the okay. start to the ramp to, to have it go up. I think that'd be pretty cool. We'll do like an optical illusion to make people think the mass driver is actually larger and farther than it is. So you bring up the one-year war, Isaac. I also assumed one-year war time frame just due to mass appeal. But you know, even if you stick to one-year war, you have to be a little loose there for the timeline. Did you consider making it like all timelines? Because I was trying to go for like an immersive experience. So I feel like you got to pick one. 
Yeah, I was originally thinking like, oh, this will just be kind of a Gundam parade. You know, we can do mashup with like the One Year War, the Grips conflict. Lacus Klein can be like <laughs> singing, <laughs> you know. But then I was like, I don't know. I I feel like certain fans would really want to be locked into a, a more logical sequence of events and a, a more logical kind of environment. So for that reason, I said, okay, we'll go to our bread and butter. It's going to be the One Year War. When? I'm not sure. It could be at the onset, which kind of explains why a space liner decided to go on a little holiday uh, pleasure cruise. (laughs) And then maybe the war kicks off while you're in space and you're like, oh boy. Or I was also thinking it could happen after Odessa, which would explain why, you know, people on Earth are like, okay, good. Now we can go kind of travel around in space. You know, the planet's been liberated and, um, you know, the military is going to go and give it to Xeon. Yeah. (laughs) So those were kind of the two window frames I thought to myself. You could kind of do it like a side story, kind of like that. Yeah, I'm going big on the on the characters, Isaac, on the story, because I, I definitely need this to happen once the white base is back in space. Oh, okay. Gee, I wonder who's going to show up on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in terms of getting into factions, Isaac, when I looked at the Star Wars crowds, I didn't feel like there'd be a lot of people out there that would sign up for Xeon. In my head, I was like, I bet Isaac would be one of the only people that sign up and he would just turn into like this one man wrecking crew, just like sabotaging <laughs> everybody on board. Do you think Xeon would get a lot of support? Absolutely. And I let me explain why. Well, okay. Uh, not, not to tilt my hat too much, but I assume yours, <laughs> yours goes the same method. There's a point where you have the option of getting in a cockpit. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is towards a climax right at the end. So every Isaac, every 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 secret space fascist is gonna probably be like, I know where this is leading. I'm gonna be ride or die Zeon from day <laughs> one. Die. You know, so I'll do anything to get in that mono eye at the end of this this adventure. So yes, and uh, I'm not sure how much you've seen of the whole experience for the Star Wars Hotel, but. I was not expecting so many people to like say, you know what? I'll go to the first order missions. <laughs> and they did it. <laughs> I didn't see a lot of people join first order, but I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't watch every minute of every, um, I saw a good review, dozen. So, so. <laughs> yeah, that's plenty. Yeah. There's people out there that really want to <laughs> back the dark side of the forest, even though they know how the movies end. <laughs> They've got principles. <laughs> so I agree with one of your more time frame. My overall plot, Isaac, is then that, you know, much like we saw in Side 7 in the show, in Side 6, both sides are trying to take advantage here of their neutrality, and perhaps the Federation, now having had their operation uncovered on Side 7, now they're in Side 6 on this ship trying to develop a new mobile suit, a new Gundam. It'll be the RX-78-13 for Floor 13, which is often skipped in hotels, so I thought it would be funny to name it the 13, and... You know, there are Xeon spies aboard. They suspect that this mobile suit may on board and they're trying to find it. So the Federation's goal is to kind of, you know, protect it. Xeon's goal is to find it and destroy it. And the Anaheim employee's job is, their their goal is to finish the Gundam over the course of this day. And the, and the civilian's goal is to just survive. <laughs> yes, that's right. They are to survive and... Enjoy the buffet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And of course, who comes on this luxurious ship... But Commander Shar and his uh, team of Xeon spies. Like their Musai just kind of, you know, pulls it over and decides to do like a, an invasive fascist style boarding and inspection. No, I think Shar would be undercover. Oh. From the beginning of the voyage. 
and you would gradually figure out that that's Commander Shar. Who's that blonde guy in glasses? <laughs> yeah, and it could even be like an early indication of him using the glasses to be like Quattro. <laughs> and so, you know, if you're if you're on Zeon's side, then you're helping Shar. You know, I'm not sure what the the event would be, but eventually everything boils over. Zeon secretly has mobile suits on this hotel ship, and so does the Federation. What? <laughs> so yeah, no, they, maybe not a lot. They didn't notice each other in the hangar bay. They're well, maybe they both have separate hangar bays. I mean, you know, the Butch Concern, they're a little shady, Isaac. You this know, is you got to pay to play ship. here. Oh, okay, of course. The the Rona family was behind it the whole time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I'm getting to that, too, in the activities. Okay. But, so eventually it all boils over, and, you know, you got a sortie around the ship. Maybe towards the end, everyone has to man the guns on the ship to defend it, which brings up my sore spot about the Millennium Falcon ride at Disneyland. I can't believe they didn't actually put you in the, you know, with the gun thing and said they just have you push a button brian you need to give those imagineers some slack i mean can you imagine like <laughs> trying to get some kid to like go up this ladder and then like having to have like a, a disney cast member up there to strap them in even though they're upside down or their their, their back is like parallel to the the flat earth <laughs> Isaac, I am paying six grand for this experience. <laughs> I am going to get into that gunner seat. Fortunately, the Universal Century has much wiser engineers, and you really just kind of need to sit at a chair at a console to like <laughs> man any kind of weapon or gun on a ship. <laughs> and and we're going to talk about mobile suit simulators maybe later, Isaac, but those, those turn out to be basically practice for the final battle, right? Right. And then in my version, one lucky passenger, maybe the person who did the best in the simulators the whole, you know, the whole time, they are chosen uh, by the Federation to pilot the, the new Gundam at the very end. And then just wow. when they're about to lose, to be defeated by Commander Shar, Amuro flies by to kind of save the day, you know, hails the ship and you know, says something to everybody, very inspiring. Um, and, he, <laughs> and he fights Shar off. That's if the Federation wins, though, Isaac. I guess I would like every experience, I would like one of the factions to win. And it, that wow. way, the the outcome could be different. You come back, maybe you you know you win one time, you lose another time. So you know, if Zeon wins, maybe they blow the Gundam up. If if Federation wins, maybe they take Zeon into custody, <laughs> or et cetera, et cetera. If Zeon wins, everyone that joined the Federation gets executed at the end of their hotel stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could get real morbid with it, right? Yeah. Uh, that's interesting because if you join the First Order in the whole Star Wars hotel, no matter how good you are, you always lose in the end. You you could succeed in all your missions, and the whoever's playing as a resistance or the Jedi could lose, or purposely just you know not do everything they're supposed to, and the first order will still lose. Yeah, I kind of want to avoid that because I feel like it's a little stagnant, right? Yeah, yeah, you definitely know what you're getting when you go. You know, you probably it's I guess you're more there for the ride, not there to change things. Yeah, I, I suppose it depends what you want. I mean, you talked about the Gundam parade earlier. You know, if you just want to see Gundam things. That's one thing. But if you want an interactive experience, which I think this was supposed to be, right? That was right. kind of the goal. So I think part of that is is different outcomes. It doesn't have to be, you know, <laughs> 10 different outcomes. But if there were two or three, I think that would definitely mix it up a little bit. Wait, wait, wait. So what happens, actually, if Xeon wins? <laughs> do, they, do, the, do all the hotel guests watch, like, the, the Gundam get blown out of the sky? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. I'd be, I'd be okay with that. Like, a, you know, wow. like a bad ending. <laughs> Armoro dies and the Earth Federation falls. <laughs> <laughs> well, Amuro doesn't have to die, but they would at least have to blow up the Gundam and maybe the hotel ship blows up and then Char and everyone escapes and everyone else flies out <laughs> into space on like escape boats. You know what I mean? The Xeon troops come back to the ships. They evacuate the Xeon spies and all the other guests are left to die as the Musai bombards <laughs> the hotel. <laughs> yeah, they can escape and, you know, some one of those things that Xeon escaped with off of Earth. They we saw it in MS Igloo. 
Yeah, the HLVs with the yeah. Would you do the insane spinneroonie as we saw? Yeah. In <laughs> it's little pinballs. Wait, wait, wait. Is there like a civilian ending and an Anaheim Electronics ending? My plot was there. You're either Federation or you're Xeon. That's it. But but like okay, these two, so like they two. open up a lot of possibilities. Like, what are their endings? Their goals? Their their kind of story and setting? Again, I think the civilians would be to survive or maybe just stamp out anything from happening and, and just enjoy the cruise. I mean, that's kind of yeah. boring. I think you can really only have a Federation or a Zeon ending. Yeah, okay. Maybe the Anaheim ending differs. If Zeon wins, then they end up giving the technology to Zeon. Oh. For, from the new Gundam, um, wow. something like that. So, so that's my basic plot. I mean, it's, it's fairly basic, but I don't think you want... You can't get too complicated here, right? You're, you're depending on a lot of people to have interactions and... You don't know to what degree they're going to participate, but what what did you have for plot? I kept it pretty basic to an extent. Like your first day is, um, you're welcome aboard and all that. You get accustomed to it. You meet the the crew, and you know maybe some people kind of name drop that they are from Anaheim or they're from um, New Type Labs. You know, there's various people on there. Maybe a Federation official. You know, maybe a Xeon ambassador or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just keeping him as an ambassador or even a Federation as an ambassador just so that it kind of explains why they're not blowing each other away. You know, everybody's got yep. diplomatic immunity, all that, and they're there for the cruise. You also meet like a kind of a diva or like a musical artist, sort of in the flavor of Lacus Klein, because apparently this staying at the Star Wars Hotel is, it happens a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess a couple times each day, and you're only there for two days. <laughs> yeah that was a big focus of a lot of the reviews so. yeah it's like really there's a lot of scene anyways day one you do get boarded by xeon which is not a mm. good experience um <laughs> you know i'm sure they're very campy about it and all that and they probably name drop that you know commander shar has been watching the ship or something like that or they're looking for something important i wrote down there's the plans to easy eight but then I realized mm. that doesn't quite work because <laughs> EZ8 is operational as we speak. So then I yes. was thinking, what, what other Gundam is around at this time? And then I thought, should I say it's the Alex? The Alex was the one I initially thought of as well. And then I was like, oh, well, I'll just make it original. But yeah, the Alex probably makes the most sense in universe. Yeah. But then I was like, well, if I don't want to go with, you know, something as boring as find the plans, then I'd say, well, find the operations location. So maybe Zeon's planning another drop operation or something like that. So that, that'd mm. be what you have to find. But it, it's not that important. You know, I'm sure the guests would be happy to go on whatever little scavenger hunt makes them feel like they're looking for you know, data on a, a mission or whatever. Yeah. And then, of course, day two would be you get boarded this time by Char. But, mm. you know, who comes to the rescue? Of course, it's Amuro and the Federation. Maybe they kind of fight it out a bit on the bridge or the ship or something like that. They decide to kind of retreat and get back to their mobile suits. And that's when the big mobile suit opportunity comes for the guests. You know, now it's your chance. You know, you want to get into uh, the space type jams we have around. Or you want to get into a Zaku too. And then, you know, you go and you battle it out. Sion gets spanked and leaves. The Federation kind of saves the day. It's, it's such a footnote, but you can just kind of hand wave that. All right, you know, you, you pro Zeon spies on board this ship. This ship is technically, you know, neutral ground, so we can't prosecute you, but we'll be keeping an eye on you or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So my ending was like way more cutthroat than yours. Whoa. I expected you to like, you know, kill all the Federation people on board. No. Well, I mean, like, come on. They're, they're, they're guests. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I mean, the final battle I have is like it is a fleet battle, so you get to see cool stuff outside the windows and stuff like that. If you happen to be a guest, mm-hmm. that's I don't know, you're easily motion sick or you're pregnant, yeah. so you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna jump into right. the the moving cockpit, but you still get to watch the battle and I don't know, maybe man a gun or something, fire some torpedoes. <laughs> if this is about a colony drop operation, then I imagine you get to watch the drop almost go through, but then get stopped and saved. Well, that could be the ending too. What, like a bad ending if the colony gets dropped. <laughs> you get to watch the colony hit Earth, and there's like people cheering, like, "Yeah, I knew we could yeah. do it!" <laughs> like you, you space fascists. <laughs> but the actual ending, ending is or whatever Shar says. You know, I'll get you next time, whatever. <laughs> and um, Amro says, "You know, you guys save the world or whatever." Yeah. The viewports and all that, the big, large panoramic windows, they show mm-hmm. the safe reentry to Earth. So I think that'd be a cool uh, experience okay. going through the whole atmosphere and landing and all that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. But, man, okay. you really thought I'd execute guests? <laughs> like, how, well, how know, would that work? Like, the winning side, like, is brought to the lobby and they're cheering with their victorious troops. Like, Zeon's, like, cheering and high-fiving all the, the Zeon guests. And meanwhile, <laughs> Zeon troops kind of <laughs> corral the Federation guests and their luggage into, like, the airlock. And, like, they close it and everybody's cheering as they get vented on the space. But it's really just, like, the exit to the hotel. <laughs> Yeah, you could do an airlock, or or I was thinking, you know, Zeon would just blow the ship up, <laughs> and it would just kind of be like a game over, and there'd be oh. lots of noise and light. Oh but god! Then... So so is it like the Zeon supporters? They like get like a hero's welcome off the ship, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, and then yeah. they mm-hmm. just watch on a screen as like. <laughs> as the federation guests are just kind of screaming as like alarm bells go off and like the, <laughs> the rumble mimicking technology happens and like the walls are all shaking and all that and steam starts coming out of all the vents because <laughs> the ship's gonna blow yeah, they failed man they had one mission and then the, the zeon aren't gonna let them go you know and then the lights turn off and then they go back on <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly they'll be like hey good experience everybody an announcer says, you've died. <laughs> you failed the Federation. <laughs> Thank you for giving us your six grand. Oh, boy. Oh, there needs to be like a mandatory Garen speech at one point, I think. Yeah, you got to have Garen cameo for sure. Right. Yeah, you just see it televised. Well, I kind of gave you my whole spiel for the, the start and the end point there over the last seven minutes. <laughs> Why don't you tell me, <laughs> yeah, your sequence of events then. I mean, I don't really have any other sequence events other than those. So we'll go into my activities and slash attractions. So I think every family should be assigned a haro as they board. They can use that haro to sort of interact and and order room service or book appointments. So it's like glorified Siri, but in haro form. So they have to carry it around? (laughs) Uh, It just stays in their room or yeah, maybe they can have it follow them. Maybe it has like a remote control. Kind of like a BB-8, right? Okay, it'll roll after you and... Hurrah, yeah. hurrah. Okay. And they can be all different colors, right? So it's a little customizable. Yeah, maybe stripes or different patterns. So you kind of always know which one's yours. Was that part of the plot, Brian? You know, someone's Harlow's been switched. They're like, oh my God, Zeon switched to Harlow. <laughs> oh yeah, it could be. They've been be. listening to us in our room. <laughs> Yeah, listeners, if you've not seen anything about the Star Wars Hotel, you do pick up sort of like random missions throughout the days. They can range from being very simple to like find this person to something more complicated, like find this room and hit all these switches and turn off this thing or or kind of go undercover, that kind of thing. Like having a Haro spy, that would be pretty cool. Find find the fascist Haro. (laughs) It's like black and red. It's like a frown instead of like a smiley face. It's black eyes and it just raises one wing and salute. (laughs) 
It's called not so, not hard. (laughs) So Isaac, I think if you pay enough money, if you're in the highest tier, then you're able to join the dining room that has multiple factions all at the same table. So the highest Federation (laughs) officials, the highest Zeon officials, the highest Anaheim officials, and they call that the corruption dinner. Oh, wow. So everyone's everyone's segregated, essentially, unless you're a paying member at this this massive table, which I assume also has mites are there. You don't necessarily have to be separated, but they don't necessarily mingle otherwise. But then if you pay enough money, you get to go behind closed doors and see that they're all a little in league with each other. Wow, even Federation and Xeon. Yeah. And of course, Anaheim, of course. Well, they're getting better with anybody. Um. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's an Anaheim meeting about, you know, buying the next set of mobile suit parts or something. If Anaheim's there, that kind of explains why everybody would want to be in the same room, too. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Okay. It's a negotiation. And they're like, what's this guest doing here? (laughs) Uh, He's got deep pockets. We decided to invite him. (laughs) You might want to buy a Zaku. You don't know. A select number of people every day would be chosen to test pilot a mobile suit that can kind of... We're obviously not going to get a working mobile suit, but they they have the the moving RX-78 in Japan. So maybe we could get like a mini version of that where it kind of gets up a little bit, kind of sits up. Like that'd be pretty cool if you could sit in the cockpit and do that. Is this like a large hangar that they're doing this in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, why not? <laughs> and I said blank check. I guess I didn't think about it, but blank check is a blank <laughs> check. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be complicated. It would just be a, a very small, like, slight rise, you know? Right. But just to be in the cockpit when it moves a little bit would be pretty neat. It probably doesn't even have legs on it or anything. Oh, they, they zeonged it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll put the legs on later. <laughs> Uh, so if you're sick, Isaac, you go to the New Type Labs for sponsored medical care. Oh, wow. There, there could be an event on the ship where you need to go, the ship is headed towards a shoal zone, and they need to send some volunteers out to go clear the debris, and maybe they send you out in balls. Wow. And maybe you accidentally take in some Xeon mobile suits. You know, you find them there, and you, you bring them in, you bring them back, and that maybe that's how some Xeon mobile suits get on board. That's a brilliant explanation. Yeah, that could be part of the ploy, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, we left them out there, and they'll find them, and they'll, they'll drag them in. <laughs> Look, we found these perfect condition and fueled and uh, <laughs> fully ammo-equipped Zakus. <laughs> I guess we better bring them back. <laughs> they can bring their own ammo and then, you know, just add it in later. Okay, that answered my question. My next question. I was about to ask you, well, what if you're, like, a space fascist and you, <laughs> you don't want to get in a Gundam? You, you go to the hangar bay and you're really excited, but you're like, aren't there any mono-eyes? But, like, I guess later on, once those Zakus are aboard, maybe you can go back and you'll actually be able to sit upright in a Zaku. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Got to have the mobile suit simulators, you know, kind of available at all times. That would play into who gets to pilot the experimental Gundam at the end. Yeah. Uh, There was one part in the Star Wars hotel I saw where there was a secret passage, Isaac. But I thought that secret passages could go a long way in an experience like this. (laughs) Your mission that day could be like, oh, well, there's there's a secret Federation only door over here. Like, go find it and enter it when no one's looking. But where does it lead to? I don't know. It could Maybe that's how you get to the Gundam. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, what if Zeon finds that door? <laughs> well, that that could be a mission, right? Maybe that's how they blow it up. They're like, I found it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first day. Son of a Yeah, <laughs> they found it in hour two of day one. <laughs> They're like, contact, contact the fleet. We could blow up the ship. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, like, how at war are these factions? Like, in the Star Wars hotel, sure, you can go with the First Order and the smugglers or the, the Resistance and Jedi and all that. But, like, everybody eats in the same room. 
<laughs> you know, no one's visually like wearing anything. Well, I mean, you can kind of wear your own uniform or buy clothes there right. or bring your own kind of Star Wars looking clothes. But it was so ununiformed to the point where, you know, everybody looks like they could kind of be from anywhere. They are inside six, yeah. so I think they have to respect the neutrality. So they can't be outright okay hostile to each other, but they there is a sort of secret war going on underneath, uh, right? See. If everyone's getting these missions. I see. Okay, it's a one-ship Cold War. Yeah. Everybody yeah, eats together still, and, you know, we're, we're all adults. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So other activities on, you know, night two or day two, you could have a day trip to Luna, take a little trip, and then maybe something is different on the ship when you come back, something has happened. There has to be a mission to on the Federation side for someone to activate a beacon somehow to summon Amuro slash white base. Yeah, send a message out or something, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, for the moon, would there be like a moon bounce situation or something like that? Yeah, you know, I was I was trying to think like one thing that's cool about Gundam, which we don't see in Star Wars, right? Star Wars, is they, they always have artificial gravity, right? Yeah. In Gundam, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. So obviously creating that environment on Earth is very expensive, but to the extent that you could work in any sort of anti-gravity type thing, I think that'd be pretty fun. Yeah, and to explain why everybody can walk around the ship on like Gundam style where you need those, you know, the powered handrails, we could just say that the this is a luxury liner, so we're, we're actually in some type of rotational spin or something like that, or Anaheim was kind enough to provide artificial, you know, experimental artificial gravity. Right, yeah. Along with... um. <laughs> military-grade mobile suit training simulators. <laughs> <laughs> they can make a joke out of it at the end, being like, it's really a shame that those artificial gravity things got damaged. We didn't have any more. Because, you know, you never see them in the franchise. Oh, yeah. again, like, but... ah, they were too expensive. We won't make them again. <laughs> <laughs> and then these two, I think, are probably the two coolest ones, I thought. So one is going to be the bar, Isaac, because that's obviously a big yeah. attraction. And I'm going to go out on a limb here, Isaac, and I'm going to call it the Death God's Bar. The Death God's Bar? Yeah, and I'm going to bring back the most hated part of Mobile Suit Igloo, at least in name, because I, I thought it was very hard to justify, at least within the story, why so many notable people should be in one place at the same time. So this bar is going to be inhabited by a rotating cast of dead ace pilots from the UC or from all timelines from any time. That way you can get more of your parade. You know, because one day the Tri-Stars could be in there tearing it up and getting rowdy with some jokes. You know, Gato could be in there one day brooding around. The fourth team could be in there. Maybe they get into an, a fight with the Tri-Stars. You know, one night Hamon could sing and while Ramba Rao broods in the background. Um, so this would give you an opportunity to see more of the universe. You know, you, there could be rumors that, you know, the spirits of the dead walk in this bar or something like that. So I don't know. I was just trying to get more <laughs> characters in. That's pretty cool. Even getting rid of the whole, the ghost coming back to the bar, like... Yeah, I wouldn't have to show the ghost. I would just name it that as an illusion. Yeah, just saying that there's like random characters in the bar, like that that would be fun any in its own way. What's cool about that too is like the drinks can have so many different tie-ins to Gundam and all that. You know, you could have like a, a white Odessa, you know, because <laughs> there's like vodka in it or something. White Russian, yep. Yeah, you could have a, a colony drop, which is kind of like a sake bomb. <laughs> oh, that's genius. Yeah. There's a regular, like, like I don't know, uh, Federal Forces beer, which is like the, <laughs> the cheapest on tap beer you can get. <laughs> Maybe there's like a, a Zum City martini. And, you know, it's really, it's green, of mm -hmm. course, with like a, probably like a cherry in it. It's red and green. And, and then there's just a, a Jupiter water. Yeah. <laughs> the highest quality beverage from Jupiter. You're given precisely a certain amount and you dare <laughs> not ask for any more. <laughs> 
It comes like in a scientific beaker measured out to a certain amount of milliliters. Yeah. See, that that was also a, t- a stumbling block I hit. Like, if we're tied into the one-year war, like, do we just say, screw it, and we put in, like, interesting stuff on the food menu? Well, we're not at food yet. But, like, there's Jupiter Empire food, Zanscare food, Crossbone, Federation, Zeon, Titans. We'll get to the food. Is, is food one of your upcoming topics? I didn't do food too much because there's just a lot of food already at the Gundam Cafe. So yeah. I feel like if you just transport that over here, Essentially, that's yeah. perfect. Um, but to your point, yeah, I agree. There has to be some area of the ship that you're willing to embrace other time frames. And whether that's in the food or, or the bar, I feel like you have to have some area where the experience takes a little bit of a backseat for some of the parade, right? You, you can't be in canon all the time, I think. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head. When it comes to people sitting down to eat and drink, the performance doesn't drop, but we tone it down to the point where, okay, we're unwinding. We're going to have a little bit of fun. Here's the fun right. menu with all of Gundam on it. That could be our window, I think. And then I think there should be one night on each journey where the ship passes through a psycho frame time disturbance. What? And everything <laughs> transforms for the night into another universe. Oh, so wow. So people from Seed or Double O or, uh, you know, X or G or whatever. I mean, just for maybe a few hours, not enough to bring the story to a halt or anything. But maybe from the hours of 10 to 1 every night or, or on night 2, this part of the ship is is disturbed by some psycho frame problem and you get that and then again that would be another way to get in different characters and then it could change every voyage right so maybe fridays you know it's the seed day and on mondays and tuesdays it's double o time or something like that wow i never even thought of something like that i was so honed in on keeping it strictly within a certain timeline whether we go with the cosmic era or universal century or whatever else but yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty brilliant to like give people a much more full experience. And that way you could come back again. Maybe you went one day on the seed day and you really wanted to go on the double O day. Not that, you know, people are going to go on this multiple times for, at this price point, but they might. it's always good to have that <laughs> option. <laughs> My only alternative timeline was grips conflict. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that would just be almost the same thing. Just a, a cosmetic change now that I think about it, because instead of dealing with space fascists, you're dealing with earth fascists. <laughs> So, right. Yes. <laughs> it's it's much the same. Yeah, I thought of grips as well because it expands the characters a little bit, but then you you lose all the people who died in the one year war if you want to be super accurate. So I don't know. There's pros and cons. It's hard to choose. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing I thought for activities and attractions was just I feel like one of the complaints a little bit on the Star Wars hotel experience is that it's very highly priced and it doesn't really come with anything. Like I feel like everyone should be leaving that thing with a lightsaber. Okay. And so I feel like you need a built-in souvenir, so, but I don't know what that is. Maybe you could choose between a Gunpla of the Gundam or a Haro or something. So I, I don't know if there's an obvious solution to that, but I feel like you have to leave with something for that price. How would you feel about after the combat's done and, you know, everybody docks and all that, and maybe before re-entry, an officer from each faction, um, you know, lines up everybody that piloted and they get medals. Oh, that'd be great. I would love that. Yeah. That's a great yeah. idea. Maybe combat, uh, maybe flight helmet too. You got to keep your flight helmet and your metal. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised they don't do that with the Star Wars one, frankly. I'm surprised a lot about the Star Wars. Well, <laughs> all right. Some of the stuff I saw the Star Wars thing was cool. Like, you know, I was like, okay, this food looks pretty interesting and all that. They, they clearly went out of the way to make it visually. And then I see like some of the snacks, like goldfish. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then i saw the rooms and i was like uh and then uh the issues with like the windows that they had and they 
they couldn't quite get like the non glare on the space window and yeah i mean you know without going too much into a review of the star wars thing because obviously i haven't we haven't been there listeners like we don't know how it is in person but i i thought it was fine i don't know what people were expecting it seemed okay to me i agree it seemed like the screens maybe could be a little better i liked the rooms but then i had a weird thought on those of like this room looks cool for the experience but for the price it seems pretty crappy yeah right you'd think you'd be in something more um spacious yeah but so but it depends where you're coming at it from do you want the the larp experience because then maybe it's cool but if you're like wow i paid this much and my room looks like this like and then i could see why you'd be upset but yeah at the same time the explanation i heard is you're in your room asleep the rest of the time they really have you doing stuff or eating but like i thought those little bunks i thought those looked cool if you're a kid that'd probably be the closest you can get to being in a spaceship so yeah it, absolutely yeah I, i'm sure if i was a kid i'd be out of my mind but we're boring adults Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so we're able to nitpick things yeah we're just gonna go to the buffet and hit those crab legs oh uh, yeah i'd be sitting there with the stormtroopers just pounding down drinks and saying you know <laughs> the emperor should have used the death star way more <laughs> <laughs> then we wouldn't be in this mess <laughs> That was all my activities, Isaac, so hit me with yours and your food and whatever else you got. Would you want them to build Gunpla there as an activity under the moniker of this is an Anaheim promotional event or something like that? And, you know, we we have our latest models here. You can even put together your own mock-up of one and, you know, keep it for yourself. We'll be mass-producing them, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think you have to have Gunpla in there somehow. They could even offer designs from other series, and they could just be like, well, we have a lot of experimental designs here at Anaheim Electronics. It's like a wink, you know, and then you let everyone have fun. You mentioned Meitzer a few times. Does he tie into, like, any overarching plot or anything like that? I hadn't thought about Meitzer being on the ship until we were joking about him uh, here. (laughs) But, I mean, heck yeah, write him in. If, If he's alive and he's ticking, put a young version of Meitzer on. That could be, like, the biggest real lore contribution we, you, you would find out more about mites arona the, the only thing for food that i put was like we were kind of texting about this how you could really go balls to the wall right i was thinking <laughs> when you order on the xeon menu I mean, you don't have to be xeon order on the xeon menu yeah it, it's a hotel right it would just be in the menu section called side three specialties yeah something like that or <laughs> a munzo roll yeah oh well, that's pretty cool <laughs> So I think Zeon's approach to food would be that it's it's visually fascist. Like you, you order like two strips of brisket and, you know, they do it like this little Zeon flag pattern and all that. You know, everything's uh, very stylized and like they're looking like the, the insignia of Zeon, the symbol, monoized, that kind of approach. Like at the Gundam mm-hmm. Cafe. Federation stuff, I imagine, would be a bit more simple, but kind of more what we're we're used to in our day-to-day meals much yeah. less patriotic and visually but filling and healthy when you order off the titans menu it's it's very posh it's very elitist so you get things <laughs> like foie gras and you get like uh th- maybe that's where you can only order the filet mignon or the lobster mm-hmm. it's only available to the titans <laughs> the caviar yeah caviar gold leaf on the food things like that <laughs> And of course, Jupiter Empire, their approach is that it's so basic, like (laughs) it's almost a joke thing to order because you get like, I don't know, powdered milk and like water, (laughs) just a specific ration of water. You get like a a cube of synthetic protein, you know, things like that, that that really hone in how a sterile controlled environment Jupiter is for its people to survive. 
branching out a little from there, Zanscare, I thought, would have, since they're so guillotine happy, <laughs> they essentially only serve poultry, but it comes with like the, he- the severed head. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> the head is severed but they just bring it Jesus. along with the way like the cornish game hen you get the head there too <laughs> the, the chicken the duck it's all there wow yeah you know it's, it's very zanscare <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm gonna stick with my munzo meatballs we'll go with that <laughs> yeah maybe you can like dagonize or dozzle your food your order and they just bring yeah. you like more food <laughs> Yeah, the hamburger would be called the Dozel Double. Oh, wow. You know, it'd be a double patty. It's like a burger for the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I forgot to add that uh, we can put part of the, on the restaurant menu, uh, human debris eats free. <laughs> they deserve to eat free, everybody. Yeah, lots of fun things you could do with the food and, of course, the alcohol. Yeah, if there's one thing I'm sure you're, you got a nail in a hotel and an experience like this is the food. It must be a feast for the eyes for social media. And for their tongues. Yeah, I was surprised how much of it turned out to be a food review. When you're not doing like the whole little theater, since there's not really anywhere to go, I mean, you can go to like, uh, you know, Galaxy's Edge. After that, you just eat. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what you do on a cruise, I suppose. I suppose, but this is more like a live dinner theater for two days than a cruise cruise. Because you can't really go on deck. (laughs) Depending on how big we build this thing, like, is there a pool? Are there recreational facilities? Or kind of like Star Wars Hotel approach, you're kind of handcuffed into the plot, and that's really all there is to do. You can't really go anywhere else. (laughs) Did you think, like, the zombies would be fun to have on there? I feel like you got to have at least one zombie. I can only imagine Dozel and Garma being out in the field like that. And I say that, Mm -hmm. but I really mean Garma, because we can get someone of Garma's proportions to go on the ship and, you know do like a, a poor job of leading his troops when Shar's <laughs> probably over his shoulder really running the shots. Yeah. is going to be harder to find a stand in. True. So I yeah. feel like, and also like his rank and such, he, he would never board a ship. He's got other stuff to do as a vice admiral. If we do see somebody, it's probably going to be Garen. It's probably going to be on a massive screen in the lobby or something and giving a fascist speech and, you know, the... The Xeon people will probably cheer. The Federation guests will probably be like, you know, kind of booing it. Conversely, <laughs> you can also have General Revel giving another pro-Federation speech or keep up the fight speech. Yeah. You got to be real careful with that, though. What if people start doing the Zeke Xeon hand motion? In their defense, it's a fist. <laughs> and it's the hail Xeon, okay? We, we do not use the S word anymore. <laughs> All right. Sunrise has been very explicit in how we, we do the salute. <laughs> So I agree on the Garmin thing. That makes a lot of sense. I think I could get Kaecilia in my corruption dinner, though, with yeah. uh, with Anaheim. It'd kind of be even better as an ambush, right? Like, she's actually in there. Like, oh, my God, how does she get on the ship? And then, like, of course she could get on the ship. She's Kaecilia. She can go anywhere, really. But I don't think you'd see her outside of that. No. Like, that could be like, a special thing. Like, I don't know how many of the different experiences you saw in the Star Wars one, Isaac, but it seemed like certain people's experiences were a lot better than others. Some people saw, you know, like Chewbacca and stuff. And then other people just saw a random original Resistance character that no one cares about. Yeah, yeah. Some people on the bridge saw R2-D2 and C-3PO. Some people didn't. Some people um, got to meet Rey. It seemed kind of scattered all over the place. And from what it sounds like, if you go First Order, it's not as fulfilling as an experience. If you go Jedi, you get to go with Rey to do like lightsaber and Jedi stuff, which is much more of an experience. I assume the smugglers go with Chewie. (laughs) 
so yeah, two far more interesting characters than uh, First Order Officer One. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird they didn't have the First Order people meet Kylo, right? Like th- that would have been incredible for them, I bet. You know, they get a kneel. I don't know, have the Emperor mm-hmm. on hologram or something. They they would have gone nuts. Is that because they were using Kylo as a surprise? I don't know. Because if, if Ray's there from like day one or whatever, don't you just know that like, oh, she's going to fight Kylo? <laughs> yeah. What other reason would she be there for? Like she's going to slap around stormtroopers? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. It does seem like it doesn't give the same experience to your point. Like, maybe yeah. it's a little less fulfilling for the First Order side. Yeah. But what's good about your plan for the Gundam Hotel is you can impact the situation so much just as guests that Zeon can win. <laughs> yeah, well, because, you know, the hotel itself is not important to the Universal Century story. So we're just, if it right. blows up, it blows up. I don't care. Yeah, and the Zeon people would be perfectly fine with leaving anybody behind who wasn't with Zeon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be, oh, good luck. Are they going to keep the clothes you give them, Brian? Like the Zeon outfit, the Federation outfit? Civilian clothes? What do even civilians wear? Like, they already have clothes. <laughs> Well, maybe they could get, you know, like a, a Butch Concern t-shirt or something. Oh, interesting. What about, um, yeah. I guess, Anaheim? They're, they're closed when they start the stay at the hotel. Is it like a kind of techie technician jumpsuit or? Yeah, they get the, the mechanic jacket and, and the hat, the Anaheim hat. Okay. Yeah, just a little more utilitarian, you know. I thought about keeping it. I don't know. It probably depends on how well you want to make the costume. If you let them keep it, you know, it's essentially a souvenir, right? So yeah. it, it depends. Do you want them? Is each one going to be worth $200 or is each one going to be worth $25? So if they're going to keep it, it's probably a $25 garment, right? But if cycle them through every voyage, then maybe you can make them a little better. So I don't know. I don't know. I think if they're worn, they're soiled, let them keep them. (laughs) (laughs) The captain in the Star Wars Hotel plays a pretty big role, maybe almost as like a ringmaster, just kind of hurting the story along, really. Did you envision yeah. that also being the role of the captain of this ship? Or would that be really overtaken by the characters on board that people recognize? Like if Amaro's on board or I don't know, some other character, not Bright, but who knows who we could put on Kai. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> off, off-duty Gato. <laughs> I didn't really see the captain figuring into it that much. I mean, I guess they could be working for one of the factions, which is essentially how it is in the Star Wars version. But it could work out because, I mean, I know why they did it, right? The captain is an easy, like, narrative focus. You probably have to talk to the captain anyway, so you might as well have him participate in the story. Right. So I'm not opposed to it. I I didn't think about it that way, but it it certainly makes makes logical sense. I don't see why not. Would the crew's loyalty, the captain's loyalty, be pretty outright Federation? Well, they're neutral. Never mind. Okay. No, yeah, I think at least on the surface, they're allied with the Butch concern. I see. But in truth, what, you're going to have them all be Federation or does it change each time you go? I don't know. Yeah, maybe it changes, you know? Wow. Maybe that's one of the goals is to like sway the captain one way or the other. And- so, so okay, it's the final day. It's the climax of the two-day plot line. Well, final full day because you need the next day to actually, you know, sleep and then go home. The colony drop is happening in space. The guests that wanted to go out into mobile suits, they're already in the cockpit simulators. Well, air quotes, real cockpits this time, going out into space. And the crew, or the passengers um, that wanted to man the guns and torpedoes are going to do that. What determines if like the colony drop operation succeeds or not? Well, I thought about this, and it goes back to our, our old discussion about... Hang on, I just realized... <laughs> 
that you're going to have Xeon spies, if they w- didn't go into the mobile suits, you're going to have Xeon spies next to um, Pro Federation guests manning guns next to each other. <laughs> I was thinking their hangar bays would be separate so that when they go to it, they would be amongst friends, I guess. Okay. Oh, so they'll take, int- like, if you're not going in a mobile suit, I don't know, you're you're pregnant or you, I don't know, you got a bad hip and you still want to go through the experience, <laughs> like, you can man a gun, but you'll just be, like, in the hangar bay or something like that, or, or a section of the ship that was solely Xeon. Yeah, or maybe maybe the people manning the guns on the ship are the civilians, and they're aiming for both factions. <laughs> Why would they aim for both factions? They're civilians. Well, because they're just like, stop ruining my trip, you know? <laughs> so to stop them from ruining my trip, I'm going to destroy both sides. Yeah, why not? With this luxury liner's limited arsenal. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm not saying it's a finely tuned narrative yet. It clearly could use some work. (laughs) Listeners, you know what you got to do. You got to comment below your own plot line for the Star Wars hotel turned Gundam hotel. Um, Brian, go back back to what you were saying. Like, how would Xeon or Federation or Civilian or Anaheim um, guests on the ship influence the ongoing drop operation that's happening on the on the eve of you know night two i assume you're xeon you want the drop operation to go through your federation you want to stop that thing before it gets underway i don't know what the civilians want to do or the anaheim (laughs) (laughs) a colony drops kind of a binary choice (laughs) (laughs) true yeah at that point i think that is a bit of a weakness right because if you wanted to to make it truly interactive then it then you're basically playing a video game that point and then whoever's better at the video game wins and i'm not sure that's a good thing and then that also means that you have to pretty much have a fully functional video game i think we talked about this in the theme park episode yeah i still think there's value in in allowing one side to win versus the other but maybe you just have to dumb it down a bit because actual mobile suit combat is probably very complicated Hmm. or we could randomize it really you don't you never know who's gonna win each time you go sure yeah you could influence it you know without their knowing and have it be truly random I'm not sure weight of numbers should impact it either. You know, like, well, if we have a day where, or, or, or a weekend or whatever, and like, it's kind of 75% Federation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, then maybe there's a limit. Like, are there any Federation seats left on this voyage? Maybe you influence it that way to get the numbers you want. Force people to be Xeon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, oh, if you want to go, you got to be Only Xeon would force people to be Xeon. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, an 80% Federation guest list and, like, at the end, they're all fighting out in the battle <laughs> and taking down Gelgoogs and Doms and Zakus and the ones that stayed behind on the ship are like getting hit with the torpedoes and stuff. And, <laughs> and just as like a middle finger, the drop operation completes. <laughs> they watch that colony just rocket towards Earth. <laughs> Isaac would be so proud. They're like, oh no. <laughs> you, you definitely wouldn't target the cornfields either. No, no. Isaac does not target cornfields. I said target cities. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think most people would choose Federation? Um, It would go along fan lines. You know, you got people that kind of yeah. like Xeon and you got people like the Federation. So that's what people would do when they showed up. Of course, if it's their second time or something, they'd probably switch it up. Or what also would be a big attraction, I think, is um, if you knew you could pilot a Gundam, you could probably bet that a lot of people would take whatever path they need to to try to get to the Gundam. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Even if you like mono-wise, not a lot of people would say, put away the Gundam, I'm going to the mono <laughs> Yeah. I would do it, but, you know, I'm me. <laughs> I mean, overall, Isaac, there's just so many things you could do with yeah. this experience. It's so customizable. I think there's a lot of potential. Right. You know, I, I don't know that the, the market is there internationally, but certainly within Japan, I think this could be a hit. 
Absolutely. And Sunset would go across the Pacific to set it up. <laughs> you just tell us when and where, Sunrise, and Sunset will be there. Here we come, straight from America with the big ideas that we clearly <laughs> took from another corporation. <laughs> We're going to build a giant American hotel. <laughs> it's very much like the Star Wars hotel because they got a bunch of fascists running around their, their ship too. <laughs> <laughs> but of course you don't go into space which is kind of bizarre you think at some point they would have like put people in what feels like ships you know or something you're in space do you mean like piloting the ship or put people in like little x-wings or tie fighters yeah i think that goes back to the whole video game problem like i think the average person is terrible at video games and they would just they would crash probably or if <laughs> you've ridden the millennium falcon ride at uh, disneyland yeah it's pretty hard to pilot People are terrible at it. I mean, they the controls obviously are terrible too. But yeah. two people steering. <laughs> yeah, I don't think most people can do it. And like people even have a hard time with like pressing the gun button. All you do is hit the thing; it lights up. Like the bar is low. I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's true too. Plus, like I don't know, <laughs> if you put people in Tie Fighters, like aren't they going to put their fighter into like a rotating spin and like just, <laughs> just throw themselves up or like within the first two minutes? <laughs> Right, yeah, you know, they may everyone may crash. It may be the most embarrassing battle in the history of uh, space battles. <laughs> we lost more pilots to crashes than we did to actual enemy damage. But then, you know, the people who are good, they would rise to become the war heroes, right? Maybe if you're good, you get a nickname. Oh, you become an ace. <laughs> the red bandit or whatever, so... Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I feel like if you're in, like, a space setting, you kind of want to go around space. Even if you're on rails, ooh, yeah, we can kind of do something like that. Kind of like the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that one's definitely on rails, right? And there's a few paths to choose, but you're still on rails yeah. no matter what. Oh, that thing was just so bumpy. 75% through, I, like, I started, like, I don't know, feeling the motion sickness. I was like, all right, I, we're doing a bad job flying this thing. <laughs> <laughs> we pitched a lot of ideas. This was a, a great brainstorming self-pleasuring <laughs> session <laughs> but listeners you must have your own ideas for a live action interactive dinner theater hotel stay experience centered around gundam describe it <laughs> describe it describe what you'd have if you haven't seen the star wars hotel and you have no idea what we're talking about just youtube it there's tons of reviews about it there's tons of footage of it by now Okay, I, I know some people are kind of maybe have mixed feelings about Star Wars now, which is very understandable, <laughs> but um, <laughs> there really hasn't been anything like this in their defense. Not that it's amazing necessarily, but it's definitely unique. So <laughs> just give it a look. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, like Isaac said, there's nothing else like this uh, in the world to my knowledge. Yeah. So maybe it's not perfect, but it's pretty darn cool. And I, I know it's expensive. I 100% hear that. But it just in terms of like, they actually went out and made this and we can build on it now, right? Like we can refine it and we can make it better. And so I think it's worth checking out. And like Isaac said, they actually let people film like the entire thing. So you, you could go watch the whole thing right now, which I think is weird that they let people film the whole the whole thing like yeah. on day one. I saw someone on YouTube kind of point out that once you've gone on it once, that's kind of it. <laughs> Or if you wanted yeah. to, you know, if you're interested in the story and all that and you're satisfied by what you saw on YouTube, you're not going to get a ticket. So right. it, it does raise the question of, um, is this going to be updated anytime soon or <laughs> right? What? Yeah. You'd hope they would iterate it maybe a little bit. Yeah. And... Like, I don't know. Take it to the past. Do Clone Wars. 
one year and then do Empire one year. and Yeah, you have to suspect that over time they would potentially branch out into those directions, but yeah. we'll see. But yeah, like Isaac said, listeners, this is a, an area ripe for mining. I know it's a little bit pie in the sky, but I think it's pretty cool. So let us know your thoughts, your plots, your activities, your scenery, your aesthetics. What would you want? <laughs> what do you think about our ideas too? Was I too ruthless in like, you know, allowing one <laughs> side to kill the other? Did you like my food ideas and how they fit in with each faction? And did you like Brian's idea to execute the guests <laughs> at the end of the hotel <laughs> stay? <laughs> Brian, I think this proves that you're actually Jupiter Empire. <laughs> I might be Xeon, and I won't kill people at the end of the hotel, but you'll blow people away. <laughs> uh, oh, and then Isaac, one last question for the listeners. What would you call your hotel? What did you say when you first texted me? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Gundam Hotel, colon, Earth Sphere Luxury Travel. There you go. You could sell postcards. The, you know, the merch is out of this world. I forgot to mention, during the time that we make it during the Grips conflict and the Titans board the ship, or actually even Xeon, during a, a gas attack, we can have part of the hotel filled with gas and, like, the the bulkhead doors close and stuff. And we can have, like... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we can have, like, certain cast members that were, like, part of the crew caught in the gas. They're pounding on, like, the plexiglass, begging to be let in, and, like, they pretend that, like, they're suffocating and stuff or whatever. <laughs> Oh, we can't, we can't, we can't have that. <laughs> Say what you will, but Brian actually wants to execute the guests. <laughs> it wasn't going to be like a one-by-one execution. <laughs> we make them kneel <laughs> in the lobby. Yeah, nowhere did I say that. A Xeon officer goes one-by-one. One. <laughs> <laughs> Garen's watching on like a giant monitor. <laughs> Just clapping or like nodding his Just head. Just grinning and like, yes. Their souls are weighed down by Earth's gravity. <laughs> this is what I wanted. And now their bodies will be too. <laughs> All right. Why don't you take us out, Brian? Take us out Gundam Hotel style. Just wait till we loop on over to the Grips conflict, everybody. I'm going to totally change sides. Probably. <laughs> Isaac goes Aug and uh, Brian goes Titans. <laughs> Those Titans uniforms are your color, though, I must say. <laughs> For the record, Isaac made me do this. All right, listeners, thank you for flying with the Butch Concern, where every voyage a colony reaches the point of no return. So stop what you're doing and get ready for bed, or Titans Commander Brian will shoot you in the head. Xeon and the Titans neither want your sass. Just open your mouth and breathe in this gas. If you don't, it doesn't really matter, because Admiral Isaac will just aim for your gray matter. Good night and goodbye from the Gundam Hotel, the finest in Earth's sphere luxury travel. <laughs>